Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 211 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's win at Purdue, look forward to yet another 11 a.m. kickoff against Minnesota, talk to our friends from the $5 Bits of Broken Chair Trophy, and we hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Look up Monty at 402-770-3356. Hey, we won another game, Mike. We did, and I do not take wins against Purdue for granted. Um, True. I am very pleased. We've had some crappy games, like some like all timers, all time stinkers. Mm-hmm. And you know, Frost had until yesterday never beat Purdue. He still hasn't beat Wisconsin or Iowa, but uh, yeah, he'd never beat Purdue. At least so his chicken one off the list, yeah. And Brom, you know, Brom's a good coach. I don't know about Diaco, but Brom, Brom's a good coach. <laughs> I think you do know about Diaco, though. I uh, I was messaging with our friend Mike Carmen uh, before the game earlier this this last week asking if he was, you know, like what the word was, if Diaco had anything to say about coming back to Nebraska. And um, the long and the short of it is Diaco's not really doing interviews. Like he's not talking to the press, which I think that's probably his preference. Like I don't, I, I kind of remember him saying he preferred that this, the head coach talk when he was at Nebraska, but then he ended up talking all the time and they were always such weird <laughs> press conferences. Yeah, so yeah. um He's probably a lot happier when he can just drill down on the defense and not worry about the press. Sure. I'm sure a lot of people are happier like that. Yeah. So anyway, no uh, no great pieces about Diaco, and that's okay. It's not about Diaco. It's about Frost and company. So as you know, Justin, I've been watching the games with family, kind of locked down with the folks right now. Um, and it is just funny to me how even after going so far out ahead early in the game, how... Just even at the end, when there was just a couple minutes left and we were up by 10, my folks were like trying to figure out ways that Nebraska go, that Nebraska was going to drop the ball and and somehow lose this game. (laughs) And and I just got to say, probably there in in the second half towards what the end end of the third quarter, there were probably a lot of people who were thinking, oh no, they're going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you ever go back through the our Twitter feed when you like after the game and you like catch up. Like, I don't know if you ever do that, but I was probably tweeting those things. (laughs) I do. I do check up on what you tweeted after the game, but I can't say that I always go back and see your play by play. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe just like checking in to make sure Justin's not making a fool of himself. Oh dude, no, you can't do anything worse than me. So I, I trust you. (laughs) Well, to your point, I just wanted to share, um, at GBR Homer tweeted at the beginning of the game when we were up 17-0. I will get excited when we are up by 35, not before. 
<laughs> and I just thought that was uh, that was so indicative of what we've been through mm-hmm. as a fan base for so long. And uh, and as they threw that that long bomb, where our defensive backs ran into each other, and David Bell ran for an eighty-nine touchdown, eighty-nine yard touchdown run. Just had me thinking back straight to Colorado with that flea flicker, mm. and you know, all of a sudden we're only up by a touchdown. And um, so many of the goofy things that we tend to do did start to happen even earlier than that point, where we had um, holdings that were just killing drives, and it just seemed like this is what we do: we get, we start hot, and we fade. But you know what? We broke a bunch of trends this week that it was just really exciting to see, and that's what it takes to get a win. So one big trend is we kind of had a downward spiral and we broke out of it. We came back after the first half and we moved the ball effectively. I feel like we never all season. I feel like Frost at Nebraska has really struggled in the third quarter in particular yep. and just not making the adjustments he needs to or something. I don't know. And his offense just doesn't work in the third quarter. And to have like a five-minute, almost five-minute drive where we methodically move down the field, uh, runs, passes, Adrian slinging it around, Edric Mills is running – with authority um, and to get it in the end zone. That, that was awesome. Yeah. That was a real highlight. We did still lose the second half by four points, I think, but we won the first half by enough that we still won by 10. And it wasn't a goose egg in the third quarter. (laughs) So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. So that's funny with, when you're talking about your, your family, not believing until it's over. Like at what point did you say to yourself, we're going to win or we might win. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was it was un, until the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, you know, it took me a while, but at the same time, like it was just one of those things where we never gave up the lead. So there was always kind of like, right. you know, I think, I think we're gonna do this. You know, I, I and, yeah. and so I was hopeful throughout the game. But yeah, I mean, just like any other Nebraska fan, it, it probably took about towards the last five minutes for me to be like, okay, I think we're doing okay now. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, well, and right after they had that long touchdown to narrow it to a seven point margin we had another good drive was that the crazy drive with all the all the oh that was hurt? ridiculous we had like back-to-back holding penalties and then they had a personal foul when it was second and 21 so even though we got 15 yards which wouldn't have been enough for the first down it was also an automatic first <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so sloppy and bad as sloppy and bad as we were they they out slopped and batted us yep um, anyway we were able to kick the field goal and i just to answer my own question, I just remember looking up at the clock and being like, oh, there's only four minutes left. Yeah. Like, we could, if we get some first downs, this could be over. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I'm so used to the bottom falling out. I will also say that I, we watched as a family this, this whole game, and I don't, it just doesn't happen very often. Like, usually kids will be napping or whatever, and, um, you know, there was still the youngest was napping. Um, but like my daughter was kind of laying across my lap for a lot of the game. And so I don't know, I was really, I was really conscious of and, and have been for the last couple of weeks. Like I don't want my kids to associate Nebraska football with daddy melting down. <laughs> There's no joy in that. Sure. Sure. Like if I want to, if I want to pass on my Husker fandom, like I got to give them something exciting to watch. Now I had national championships to grow up with. I don't know if we're going to get that for our kids anytime soon, but um Anyway, that was just on my mind, too. So I think that was part of the reason that all of a sudden it was four minutes left, and it was kind of like, oh, wow, I've been trying to stay calm, and we might lose this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, um, I cannot say how pleased I am with just the turnaround this year in special teams compared to last oh. year. I mean, yes. they have been the difference in the two games that we've won, for real. 
That's a good point. I mean, that's uh, a great point. Block block punt sets up your first touchdown and a field goal seals the deal at the end of the game. Yeah. Well, did he hit three field goals too? Yeah. Yep. Punts were pretty much on point. We did have, except for the one that was blocked. I thought that Kristup, um, I don't know if he took an extra step, but it just seemed to be moving slow. He lacked some urgency on that one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I hope that he is scared straight and that never happens again. <laughs> yep. I just remember, I don't remember much of value from my back in the day playing football, sitting on the sideline. Um, but I do remember the coach saying, like, if you have a good snap and a good, and you take a a couple quick steps and kick the ball, like you shouldn't even have to block it. Right. I don't know if that's true in college football, but that's always just my mentality. Like just take a couple quick steps, kick the ball, get it away. Relax. <laughs> Mike, it, it's been so long since we've, well, we, we've recapped one win this year and uh, I, we're just out of practice, but uh, what, what other takeaways do you have from the win? Yeah. You know what? I, I think it is something it was small that happened, but it was huge. That's stupid what I just said, but <laughs> it was a small gesture, but I think it speaks to a huge thing that is happening at Nebraska. And seeing Martinez go up and hug his coach, mm. not not after the game, but after his first touchdown, that was, I was just like, man, contrast that with where we have been for the mm. last 20 years. I'm not exaggerating. Like, it's been ages. You know, there was this weird Stockholm Syndrome relationship with Polini. Uh, Callahan, I don't know if kids were buddy-buddy with him, but, you know, it, it just... Polini was this weird thing where he was always fighting with his kids on the sidelines, and Riley was just, you know, he's coach grandpa, whatever. And But to see these kids, they love their coach. Um, I think that is the culture that we're finally starting to see come to fruition. And, you know, people will point out, what was that after the game, the the dude giving the thumbs up behind Frost kind of yeah. be, <laughs> being goofy. Like, I don't know, man. I just, that's what I like to see. You know, if, if our team is going to win, I want to see them having fun doing it. And, and I just, man, it gives me hope for where Nebraska's headed if we can kind of turn some of this – you know, you know, it's just been so many little things that accumulate that have turned into our losses. If they can just tighten that stuff up, we're going to start building a winning culture that is also a healthy culture at Nebraska. Sure. And I would love that, man. Yeah, they they love their coaches, and they lo- I think they love each other. Is the way it looks too mm-hmm. to see them to see them embracing. Um, yeah, there was a lot of love on the field uh, during and after the game. I 100 percent agree that. It is very encouraging, especially after all the difficulties of this season and, you know, the last three seasons. Yeah. Really. And, um, man, I have so much respect for Adrian Martinez as a person. Oh, my like, gosh. Yes. I under- at this point, like, what am I? I just I turned 36. So what is he? 1920? Like, nearly half my age. But I, like, I look up to him as a leader. Like, seriously, I, I'm not trying to be corny or anything, but to hear him talking about, like, when I was not the starter, I was focused on being a captain. Like, you know, we all, we all encounter disappointments in life. And um, I hope I can react like that when, you know, I don't get what I want or, you know, what I think might be due to me, or I think I've worked really hard and do like, um, I, I was really impressed by that. And, and, and also it's not canned, like he needs it. So that's awesome. And I'm so glad to see him playing well. You know, I think he's uh, 80%, 81% uh, accuracy the last two games and, 
is running with authority and um, he's picked up the pace a little bit. I think benching probably was just what the doctor ordered. For yeah. Them, you know? Yeah. Sometimes a slice of humble pie gets you right where you need to be. Doesn't taste good, but cleans you out. <laughs> Justin, do you remember when in, in college for your school paper, you wrote a, uh, an article on a product called colon blow. <laughs> <laughs> Did I write an article about that? Yeah, you, I mean, you you took the product and and wrote an yeah. article about it for your school paper in college. I didn't remember the article part, but I remember the experience. It was actually kind of disappointing. I remember reading it the because you, you so referenced uh, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I wonder how how like how in depth our records are at my alma mater. On the website, go go find it somewhere. Yeah, if this has been digitized, I probably have. Well, I mean, that's probably how I read it. I mean, how else? I don't know. Did we have a digital copy? I have to go to the 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 internet archive and see if it's there. Yeah. Wow. Off topic. Anyway, well, yeah, I I have a few things just to point out that um, I was just jotting down like things that was that were exciting with this game. Um, Zero turnovers. Mm -hmm. That's the way you win. Uh, Dedrick Mills, just as a threat, I think he only had sixty rushing yards um but he was they had to take him seriously and he ran well yes like he, didn't, he didn't get a ton of carries but when he ran he ran well and and you had to you had to honor that handoff that you couldn't just assume the quarterback was going to keep it and, and take off so that took a ton of pressure he had 16 carries for 60 yards so only 3.8 yards per carry a touchdown long was 11 so those are some hard-earned yards um but adrian had uh 45 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, that's a great one-two punch right there. Yeah. Um, and also, when you have Dedrick Mills as a legit running threat, Wandale can be your changeup instead of your go-to, which he is, again, a great running back. But we don't want him to be a great running back. We want him to be everything. And so uh, to have two carries and nine catches for a combined uh, 119 yards, that's uh, that's what we want from him. And so that, that was really exciting to see. Um, he had seven guys with receptions, including four of them had more than two or more. So getting the ball out to different people, um, tight ends are involved, wide receivers are involved, running backs are involved. Like that's a makes me think back to to Bo Pelin wanting to be multiple. Specialty is a net positive. There were some some gaps, you know, uh, some decent kickoff returns, and obviously block punt. But at the end of the day, as you've already pointed out, they were the difference for us. Um, D-line pressure, I mean, how two or three times we had major pressure from the D-line with a three-man rush that resulted in sacks. <laughs> that's that's huge. Um, and also, uh, as an aside, Damian Jackson got in, I don't know how many snaps he had. Um, let me see if he's got, if he was registered with any tackles. So it doesn't look like he was uh, given a tackle for the game, but uh, I saw him pressuring the quarterback on a pass that was dropped. And uh, so that's super exciting. To see him, I, I tweeted something to that effect. Like, did Damian Jackson just get a QB pressure? And I can tell you that Husker Nation is excited for him to have success. So <laughs> I may have committed to, if he gets a sack, dropping everything, driving to Missouri, fi- dra- buying fireworks and coming back and lighting them off. <laughs> mm, so anyway, um, uh, you know, part of the reason that you can have a three-man rush that's effective is we have lockdown corners. And so then you've got everybody else freed up to make life difficult for a, a guy who's focused on passing. You know, there's, they didn't want to run the ball. They had negative rushing yardage when they did. And you've got the two best wide receivers in the country, I'd say, covered, locked down. So then you've got 
your other defensive backs and linebackers just out there making life really hard for that quarterback to find an open man. Uh, and yes, David Bell had 132 yards on 10 catches and a touchdown, but you know what? 89 of those yards yep. came on yeah. that one goofy catch where there was a bizarre collision. Like, if that's played better, I, I think he probably still catches it, but he doesn't get the touchdown. He goes down. Um, so, you know, you take out that one ball, it's 43 yards uh, and no touchdowns on nine receptions. That's that's awesome. I think, I'm trying to think if I wrote it down here when I took my notes. Um, yeah, th- those two guys, Rondale Moore and David Bell, are the active FBS leaders in catches per game. So to keep them limited on catches and, more importantly, yards and touchdowns, I mean, that, that was huge. They've got... 10 and 13 yards between David and, and Rondale and that one touchdown. But, you know, that's it. That was their offense, those two guys. And, but, you know, David Bell only had one big play. It was a really big play, <laughs> but he only had one. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> Aside from the play in which he gashed us wide open and made us question <laughs> our sanity. <laughs> Left us moaning in the field position on the floor. <laughs> Mike, we won again. Second time this year, so uh, I didn't. It didn't actually occur to me in past seasons when we've won a few more. Uh, I've kind of had that score prediction between us in the back of my head, like, oh, you know, if we score one more touchdown, I win or Mike wins. And that was it's not on my radar. It hasn't been all year. <laughs> um, so only when I sat down to kind of get ready to talk to you tonight did I think, oh, I wonder who won. I don't remember what my prediction was. So final score: thirty-seven twenty-seven. Mike, you had 31-24, so you were off by nine points. You were off by three on the Purdue side, but off by six on the Nebraska side. I had 33-28, so you were off by a total of nine. I was off by a total of five. Gee, dang it. Both of your numbers were closer. So I am up 2-0. Mike, you have to uh, win. Got to beat Minnesota and beat we our... got to beat Minnesota, and you have to win that score prediction, and then we got to beat the whoever we play, and you have to win that one to tie and, and if there's a, there's a bowl game, game, I can yet still win the season, but I have to go 3-0. and Crazier things have happened on the Husker football field. <laughs> right on. Well, that said, hey, I think uh, we should probably spend some time here talking about the runs of reaction line because we got an avalanche of voicemails this week. Um, and I think we're just going to go ahead and play them all this time. You know, we don't always play the me- all of the messages every week, but this week we're going to do it. Everybody's happy. We won. Yeah. So uh, first off, we're going to humor our friend Scott. He called in after a loss and uh, shared his quick reaction with us. So this time he decided to uh, share his quick reaction after a win. So here's what Scott had to say. Hey, fellas, this is uh, Scott from Lincoln again. Um, I'm doing once again a rapid reaction. I figured I would uh, show you guys that I can also do a uh, quick response also to a, a win um, with a little less, you know, existential angst to come with it. So um, I took a few notes. I just figured I'd go through really quick and just say just what I kind of observed in the game and what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, positives for the offense, I really liked uh, Adrian Martinez's effort. I felt like he played a really good game, um, and he just showed a lot of decisiveness, which I felt like we haven't seen in a while. Still a few concerns with inaccuracy, um, but – you know, it's looking better, so I'll give him I'll give him a good uh, I'll give him a gold star for his game. Um, I was impressed with Betts. Um, I wish we would have been able to see more Mills. Um, our offensive line seemed good. You know, let's just give uh, uh, Cam Jurgens a shout out that we didn't see any snapping issues from him, which it's like you don't realize how 
important those things are until you know until it's 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 bad and it was a good game it was great that i didn't even notice it until just now i was like wow that's crazy um yeah so it was just uh our offense was just they they were better they were better than than what i've seen before so uh, we'll give them that um positives for the defense just williams uh dicaprio boodle um, just our coverage was stout. Our line was just eating them up. Luke Reimers had a great game. Uh, Jojo Doman had a great game. It was just a wonderful, like, oh, my gosh. I felt like we had a really complete game. You know, there were some errors, um, which I would say, if we're going to get into negatives, the negatives for the offense was um, our, once again, our red zone passing productivity, I felt like it needs to needs to get better. Um uh, what was it? We didn't complete a fourth and two, which could have played out to be, um, oh man, that was just wild. Anyway, um, I'm getting lost. I'm, I'm going down bunny, bunny trails here. But anyway, so just, there was just some, just some negative things that I feel like we need to get, we need to get better at. Um, yeah, just some mental mistakes, really, I guess is all I can really think of. But yeah, I just, I'm just I'm just really proud. I'm really proud of the way that the season is turning out. Um, we're just gonna have to wait and see. I don't know. I, I still don't know how I feel about about this whole um, third season with Scott Frost. I, I I know Frost. I know Frost is the guy. Thanks, Scott. Man, at this point, I feel like we could hire Scott to be kind of like a. Uh you know, a, a third member of the podcast. Um, but when I say hire, I guess it would be um, an, an unpaid internship. Sure, um, it looks great on a resume. <laughs> but cool, thanks, thanks, Scott. Uh, a lot of good things to say in this uh, in this little voicemail you left. Yeah, I appreciate you taking notes. That's awesome. It it, it is funny how uh, how good it feels to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you forget it's been so long. It really makes you uh, appreciate those things. Um, it was real. I like the way he described the defense as eating them up. Um, they they are not a good running team, and um, our it looked like our defense's plan was to take that away, and they did. And it's nice to have a plan and execute on it <laughs> successfully. So uh, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have a, kind of the opposite challenge next week. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, yes, it's very exciting uh, how the defense showed up. Yeah, and uh, we didn't get all of his comments about Frost, but. You know, I, I think that this does kind of speak to what we've been talking about the past few weeks is this whole idea like this is this is year three, but with the the biggest asterisk next to it in the world. Um, yeah, I'm happy because at least right now at this point in the season, we are seeing some of that growth that we expect to see during the mm. course of a season. You know, um, sure. I think that, you know, the, the, the proof will be in the pudding if we can get a win against Minnesota this coming weekend. Um, I think that that will probably allay a lot of people's concerns about Nebraska going forward, at least, you know, for this year. Yeah, agreed. A win would be really nice for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. All right. So here is a, another repeat caller. Here's Bizarro Max. Hey, guys. Congrats on the win. Oh, sorry. This is Bizarro Max from Twitter. Uh, congrats on the win. Lots of fun, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't matter who it's over. Every game in this division is a, a meat grinder, and winning any of them is something to be 
uh, appreciative and grateful for. And I, I know, especially at this point, Nebraska's tenure in the Big Ten definitely are. So uh, congratulations. It's just, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. Like I said, just having, being able to talk about a victory and what went right is, is just the, the best thing. So I uh, hope you're enjoying the week, and uh, that's all. Thanks for calling again, Max. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough conference. It's a tough division, and it's exciting to talk about a win. Yep. And it's nice to to have him acknowledge that, like, even though early on when we first joined the Big Ten, we didn't think that Purdue was anything to be concerned about. We get it now. <laughs> we get it well, now. Yeah. Any Big Ten yeah. game is going to be um, – it's going to be something that you you can't just you can't sleep on it, right? Yeah, it, the, the the conference has gotten better while we've been in it, and um, but yeah, there's no easy games. All right, next we have Ben. Ben is uh, sounds like he's a friend of yours, Mike. He is so cool to have him call in. Here's what Ben had to say. Hey guys, my name is Ben, calling from Southwest Iowa. Uh, Mike, it's Ben Peterson. How's it going? Love the podcast. Uh, I guess it was a great game to to watch. It was, um, except for that end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter stretch, it was not too stressful. Really nice to see Martinez being a a reliable leader and Cam Taylor Britt saving some plays that could have gone the wrong way. Uh, It was really great to see Diedrich Mills back in the mix. Uh, Seems like he's a reliable four to six yards right up the middle if he needs to be and if we need it. So good to have him there to work with Wandale and um, have some good running back power there. Um, but overall, it was just nice to, to see a win and um, see hopefully a little bit of progress, hopefully turn in some corners. Um, yeah, I'd like to see less laundry on the field next time, but, you know, take what you can get. Love the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for calling, Ben. It's good to hear from you. It's uh, it's been a while, man. Let's uh, let's get in touch for real instead of uh, just uh, well, you know, socially distant. But <laughs> um, be nice to to connect with you apart from uh, calling into the podcast. But uh, it's so cool to have you call. Um, yeah, man, that's my hope too. Is just um, you know, maybe this cruise ship is starting to turn around. <laughs> Because, you know, we, we want the quick turnaround, but really what it is is it's, it's, it is a long, uh, slow process of turning a cruise ship in the midst of some pretty, pretty choppy waters, I would say. But, oh, I was uh, just going to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Have you seen those, those, uh, that footage on YouTube of cruise ships that are in the middle of a storm? It's, Super terrifying, no. dude. No, yeah. I haven't. I'll have to send you a link. It's uh, not something you'd want to sign up for. Let's just put it that way. Yikes. Speaking of boat analogies, uh, our next caller here is, uh, is Boatwagon. Hello, this is Boatwagon and Gopher fan from Minnesota. I would love to win the Runza Hotline Award because uh, my good friend Timothy, who is a Husker fan living in Nebraska, and I have an annual bet on on the game, and I'd love to give it to him. So Purdue has the 48th rushing defense in the country, and, and uh, Nebraska has the 65th rushing defense. Mo Ibrahim scored three touchdowns and at a four-yard average against Purdue. So my question is, can the black shirts contain Mo Ibrahim? Thanks. See me on Twitter at Boatwagon1. Thanks. Bye. 
Dude, is Boatwagon asking us to do, like, math or something? <laughs> uh, I, this, you know, when, when we get into our breakdown here in a, in a minute, this is, this is the question, is can we, can we shut down Mo Ibrahim? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous about that. Um, I feel better about it because Rashad Bateman is no longer a factor for them, having opted out. Um, so maybe we can just put, like, 11 in the box. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <right>. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thanks thanks for the call, and uh, we will be in touch on how to get that runza to Timothy. Sure. Last but not least, we uh, had another phone call from our friend Matt from Germany, as we like to call him German Matt. Here's what he had to say. Morning, Huskers. They came, they saw, they conquered. All right, so they showed up, they looked around, and it eked by. But still, other than about... For about five minutes between uh, the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter when they lost their focus, other than that, they played a very good game. And they actually gave up minus two yards rushing total for the game. That is excellent. That is downright excellent. It was a good win. They needed it. Jumped out to a big lead. Um like I said before, other than the last minute of the third quarter, last two minutes of the third quarter, first three minutes of the fourth quarter where they lost their focus, they got it back. They held on downright. All in all, this is a good win. Uh, congratulations to Adrian Martinez. He's played very well the last two weeks. So hopefully that game against Northwestern was the turning point and that, um, you know, for the next uh, two and a half years or two and a quarter years, he'll be that quarterback that we all know he can be. Anyway, uh, and there's nothing against Luke McCaffrey. He's done a, he's done a very good job also, um, considering that they don't have any wide receivers and uh, they really don't, other than Mills, they really don't have any running backs. You know, other than Mills and Robinson, Robinson being the hybrid running back wide receiver. Anyway, guys, you all have a fantastic week, and we'll see about Minnesota, whether or not they're actually playing this week against Minnesota. Anyway, you all have yourself a fantastic day. Go Big Red, stay healthy, and stay in Jesus Christ. Bye. That's uh, that's a great message. Some great points in there. It also brings to mind the fact that we've been saying, why isn't Luke getting in the game more? And he did have a few plays where he played, uh, where he and Adrian were in the game at the same time. I don't think any of them were particularly effective, but uh, it was nice to see them trying that again. Yeah. And you know, uh, that that negative two yards rushing, uh, maybe that'll kind of, we'll just keep the ball rolling and, and be able to close up on Minnesota next week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That would be great. Yeah, thanks for uh, drawing that stat out, that specific number, because um, I think the, the last time we did that was like seven years ago. The last time we held an opponent to negative rushing against was uh, Michigan. So that's, oh, uh, that's do it in, an, been a while. in a way game. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I do like what he has to say about Martinez. Like, we, I think a lot of Nebraska fans were ready to just leave Martinez behind. Let's be honest. Um, we always talk about how the you know the backup quarterback is always the most popular person on the team. Um, just to see Martinez kind of you know have his little redemption arc this season uh, is a good reminder that like hey 
let's not throw this guy out. You know, let's not kick him to the curb. We could still potentially have him for another two years, and if he keeps improving on what he's done the last couple weeks, I mean, dang, man, by the time he's a senior, he could be, like, a really big threat, you know? And and I don't think that we should be so quick to, to move on to McCaffrey as the guy um, just with all the potential that we still have from Martinez. Well, you know, and Luke had the opportunity to seize the starting position. I mean, yeah. he was the starter for, for two games. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he had it and he couldn't do it. And not only that, but Adrian bounced back stronger. So, um, you know, he legit, he legit is the starter and won it back. And, uh, and that's, it's probably better for Luke. Luke, Luke's a young guy. Um, clearly, you know, he needs to, to, probably bulk up and, uh, yeah. and work on his so so it's a good thing i think to, yep. to have him as a reserve that now has some really good experience who who as a result of this experience knows exactly what he needs to work on you know so sure yeah, yeah. well thanks to everybody who called in we are actually just due to this wonky season are sitting on a few extra <laughs> few extra coupons or coupons, as Justin says, for uh, Runs a Combo Meals. So we're going to be in touch with all of you this week, believe it or not. Um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. You're going to luck out sometimes if you call in to the Runs a Reaction line. So next week, folks, if you want to get in on the action, maybe you too will walk away with a free meal for Runza or to Runza, at Runza, whatever. Here's the phone number. It is 402 704 Seven six nine three. I, I'm making a Twitter poll for on coupon pronunciation. Coupon or coupon? Coupon. I mean, like, I get how coupon works. Like, I understand that. So I'm not. I'm not going to argue too hard against that. If somebody says coupon. Coupon. <laughs> You're just so wrong. <laughs> All right. It's. Uh, I'm running it for a couple days, which is ridiculously long time. It should really just be like for an hour. But I figure if it's still up and you're just now listening, let's go vote. <laughs> Put Mike in his place. Or me, but probably Mike. Well, let's uh, let's bring this conversation about Purdue to a close by looking at S&P Plus numbers for Nebraska. We moved up six spots to 36 overall, which I think is about where we started the season. Offensively, we neither moved forward nor regressed. We're still holding steady at 36. Defensively, we moved up five spots to 54. Special teams, we moved up one spot to hey, 94. I'll take it. Yeah, if we didn't have that block punt, I think we would have seen it do a lot better. Yeah, I think without the, the block punt probably really hurts, and then also they had some good kickoff return yardage. Mm-hmm. Those those count against you. And yeah, Krista had, I think his punts were, were good, but you know, I think the average was like 40 yards, which I'm not sure how that works into the – Yeah, maybe Bill Conley needs to come on the show and <laughs> help us understand – the nuances of special teams. Still, man, Never. like we we've had some we've had some punting woes too, you know. So it's like, man, at, at least at least we don't feel like they're a complete liability. <laughs> He's not shanking them out of bounds. Yeah, He's not exactly. having like five yard punts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah, just don't just don't let them get blocked. Right. All right. So moving on to Minnesota, it's chair week. Battle for the chair. Let's get that bits of broken chair trophy back. To uh, kind of give you an overview on Minnesota, SP Plus, they're 48th overall, so they're about 12 spots behind us. And by about, I mean exactly 12 spots behind us. <laughs> um, really interesting team. Offensively, 
17th overall. So they're, they move the ball. They score points. But defensively, according to SP+, they're 90th. And according to special teams, SP+, they are not good at all. 124. So that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they're sitting here at 2-5 and five with 2-3, and three, having played five games and had two cancellations. So they start off the season really getting beat down against Michigan, which I think is about the only time I've watched them this season. Um, I think everybody was surprised by that. And also, just with as much as Michigan has struggled, it's even more surprising. So they lost 49-24. Then they went to Maryland and lost in a really goofy game to Maryland. They were down 21-7 at the end of the first quarter. Um, at the end of the third quarter, they're actually up 38-21, to so by 17 points. And then they lose in overtime by a point because one of their kickers missed the PAT. So they lose 45-44. So that uh, speaks to the, the struggles they've had yeah. on special yeah. teams. Illinois, then they, they go to Illinois, and they win their first game 41-14. to I was I looked into this just a little bit again. I haven't not watched them much. Uh, Mo uh, Ibrahim rushed 30 times for 224 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, the, you know, they pass the ball well, too, but um, it's going to be a load. Then they lose to Iowa 35-7, to which is hmm. a really interesting yeah. uh, outcome compared to ours. And then, then they go to Purdue or they host Purdue and they lose narrowly 34, 31. And then Wisconsin's canceled. Northwestern's canceled. I Wait, think some they beat struggles. Purdue. Did I say lost? Yeah. All right. They, yeah, they beat Purdue 34, 31. Okay. Thanks. Catch. I don't know how I did that. Um, I think they really struggled with COVID this year. And uh, where, whereas some teams have opted to not play um, as numbers were trending bad, but maybe hadn't hit that threshold. Mm-hmm. They just, they've just kept playing. Um, so I think that they've had to shuffle around special teams guys. And I, I really don't know what else has been out. Um, but uh, their number one receiver coming into the year who opted out for a while before deciding to come back and play has again, opted out uh, metrically. He's still their number one receiver. Rashad Bateman has 36 catches for 472 yards and two touchdowns. He's, he's gone now. Um, Chris Ottman Bell is now their returning or their lead wide receiver with 14 catches, so less than half uh, for a touchdown, uh, 315 yards. Um, though he has fewer catches, he's averaging 22 and a half yards per catch. So uh, he's moving the ball when he gets it. Actually, their number three uh, ball catcher in terms of number of catches is Mo Ibrahim. They're they're running back with eight catches for 56 yards. So. Um, Losing Rashad Bateman really hurt, and of course losing Tyler Johnson off last year's team. Those are that's that's a couple of studs, a couple of NFL guys right there. So th- th- they've missed those those guys defensively. Their leading tacklers, uh, you've got a, a, a linebacker Mariano. This is getting in the issue where I can't read my handwriting. Sorry, Marin, <laughs> and defensive back Tyler Nabin. I write these things so quickly, and I'm like, oh, I'll be. I know what that says. They, those guys both have 29 tackles. Um, Defensive line Boy Mafi, I'm not sure on the pronunciation there, has three and a half sacks. Uh, they haven't they haven't turned the ball over a lot as far as getting turnovers. Um, so kicking Brock Walker, twelve of fourteen on PATs, two of three for field goals, his long is twenty nine. He missed one in the thirties. And Michael Lance uh, is six of seven on PATs, hasn't even attempted a field goal. So uh, so if it's a close game where special teams points are at a premium. I really like our chances. Mm-hmm. So that's the skinny. Um, yeah, the, the question is, can we uh, man up up front? Can we absorb the pounding that's going to come? Last year, they really gave us fits because they basically counted on our linebackers being out of position and over-pursuing or under-pursuing and, and being able to 
to move the ball that way. And we had opportunities last year early in the game where we were close. I don't. I think we were maybe in the red zone twice and came away with zero points. Um, so we have to convert. We have to be efficient. We can't turn the ball over. And um, so again, last year I think it was was it like twenty one seven at halftime where we'd had several opportunities to score and then it it ended up being thirty five seven. We just we, we never got it going there in the second half. Hmm. Um, of course, that was the infamous hoodie gate um, controversy. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I like our shot. I, I think our defensive line is coming along. I think we've got a rotation there. Uh, I think our linebackers are playing well. It hurts to have Colin Miller out. Um, you know, you want your, your leading linebacker, but you know, I feel like the other guys are playing well. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm moving here into a score prediction territory if you're ready for that. Sure. Do you want to go first this week? Yeah, I can do that. Um, oh, man, this is this is hard. <laughs> Usually I can look at uh, the other team's schedule and kind of try to glean something from it, but they're all over the place. Yeah, um, they are. So I'm just going to go based off of last week and us kind of being favored by more than a touchdown by, you know, the folks who are experts on such things. I'm going to say, oh man, I'm going to I'm going to push it, man. I'm going to say 42 I'm going to say 42 to 28. I'm going big this week. Oh, man. That would be awesome. I'm trying to – so we're favored – I think we're, we're a 10-point favorite. Yep. According to Vegas. Uh, currently at nine points on, on ESPN. And we are favored, according to FPI, to win by uh, 59 – 55.9% chance of winning. Yep. According to FPI. Um, I uh, – yeah, I feel like they're going to move the ball, too. Like I, I was saying, um, but I'm, I'm hoping that it's more of an Iowa game outcome where they lost by 28 than, you know, a Purdue where they narrowly won. Yeah, um, I'm going to say – I'm going to go with that score prediction that you kept making for several weeks. <laughs> but I'm going to go 31-20. Okay, okay. I don't know, man. I just feel like with them, you know, they, they haven't played football in a while, and That's our true. team is getting better, so – I just feel like there's so many unknowns for them that if we could get out ahead this coming week, like we did this past week, oh man, we could be off to the races. Well, they, you know, there's a couple ways to look at that. You could say they are rested because they haven't played for two weeks. Sure. Um, you could say, but, but some of know, them I haven't like... played for two weeks because they legitimately had an illness. So I don't yeah, know how bad yeah. it's been for them, but that's yeah. true. They're, they may not be back to hundred yeah. percent, even if they're you know not sick anymore. Probably haven't been um, practicing, also, you know, also, I feel like we have momentum right now. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, we have momentum coming off of a narrow loss to Iowa and now this win. And also we have the experience of losing to Illinois badly, a team that we should have beat. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's that, you know, let's not make those mistakes again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're new to the Husker pod, you have to, we have to pick Nebraska to win. It's the rule. Just by how much do you pick? I have 11. Mike has 14. <laughs> Two touchdowns, baby. Calling it. Well, hey, we haven't talked a ton about the $5 Bits of Broken Chair Trophy, and that's because I spoke with Mary from the $5 Bits of Broken Chair Trophy website, blog. I spoke with Mary, and uh, (laughs) I'm excited to share that interview with you now. (laughs) 
We're excited to welcome Mary from the $5 Bits of Broken Cheer Trophy to the show. Mary, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. So Mary, um, tell me, with in light of the pandemic and everything, how, how, are, how are you guys operating this year? I mean, assuming the game still happens, which at, at this point it looks good, like what's this, what's this week look like for you guys? So far, so far. Well, we rescued the trophy out of the Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital kind of towards the beginning of the season. It had been quarantining in the display case all year long so far, so uh, since last year's victory. And so we went and got it out of the hospital at the beginning of the season so we would have access to be able to bring it wherever we would need to bring it uh, come game time uh, and whichever if the weeks shifted or how, whatever was going to happen when the schedule was still in flux, we just wanted to make sure we had it on us. So we've got it out of there now, and uh, the, we kicked off the fundraising sites to each group uh, at the beginning of the season as well. So Team Jack for Nebraska uh, has their uh, their online donation site for the chair opened up. We've got our own online donation site, and you can access that through brokenchairtrophy.com. And then also, if any Gopher fans happen to listen to your podcast, they can go ahead and uh, donate to, ch- to the Children's Hospital on behalf of the Gophers. There's a link for each school on the site. So um, usually we do a lot of in-person meetups with the trophy since we have unlimited access to it, which is rare for a rivalry trophy. Usually the schools have them on lockdown. So since it's a fan trophy, uh, we can kind of bring it wherever we want. And so we're used to going around to tailgate lots every week and meeting fans and taking pictures and having kind of cash donations live in person that we then donate um, on behalf of whichever school we happen to be at. Uh, but this year it's a little different since we're not having those in-person meetings anymore, no tailgating, all that. Uh, donations have been a little low thus far. So I appreciate you having us on so we can try to get the bandwidth up and, and get these donations going. I think uh, the, the Children's Hospital had a couple thousand more than Team Jack did last year. So I think uh, Husker fans, you're hosting the game this year. I think you guys could probably help beef up those donations for Team Jack as well and, and hopefully win that award as well. Well, yeah, and you know, it's, you know, Tim, Team Jack has been in the news uh, a lot recently in, in a terrible way with uh, Andy Hoffman, um, his his diagnosis, and um, just uh, I, I haven't watched the special on ESPN, but I spoke to my mom. Um, or I think it was a big BTN. I spoke to my mom, and she said it's just a it's a tearjerker in there. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I watched it this weekend, and oh, did you? I, mean, I, I I'm new to Team Jack since since being on the chair group. Like that's I, I remember seeing the highlight on ESPN, of course, uh, back when it all originally happened. But uh, since we started up the the charity uh, fundraisers and partnered with Team Jack, I've gotten to know that organization a little bit better. And what just a heroic family, and they've the, what they're going through and everything. So any anything we can do to help yeah. support them or get the word out, uh, we're we're more than happy to do from Minnesota, from Nebraska, no matter where you're at, um, what a worthy organization and just a family of heroes. Absolutely. So yeah, we uh, definitely encourage our, our listeners uh, to go, go to the, the website here and, and make a donation, support team Jack, support the Hoffman family um, and their battles against uh, brain cancer of all sorts. Now though, team Jack, of course, is pediatric. Um, what can you, Mary, can you just remind us real quick where, where we can go to donate to Team Jack? Yes, it is uh, brokenchairtrophy.com. And if you follow Chair Trophy on Twitter, we're pretty active on there as well. But we're trying to get people into the mindset of going ahead and making their donation, getting their good deed in early in the week. And then we can shift over to Smack Talk as the week progresses once we get that good deed done. Absolutely. Mary, have how, how are efforts going? And it's, obviously, it's been a weird year. How are efforts going to get the universities more involved with the trophy? Uh, we are still kind of at radio silence with them. 
our initial conversations were respectful on both ends and they were just kind of a, Hey, we're proud of you. Keep doing what you're doing. Good, good for you. But we're not really interested was the kind of the last we heard. So they're both happy and proud of their fan bases for, for getting involved like this, but don't really have any interest in licensing it or, or making it official or sanctioning it or anything of that sort right now. So okay. uh, we're kind of at the point where we can't make our own merch still, but we can, oh, uh, yeah. we can proceed without their, uh, interruption, I guess, but we can't go any further to become legit than this. So hopefully over time, and especially this year, I mean, the donations will help show that they, they care about that too. I mean, we can Twitter followers and all that and likes and whatever are something, but to, to be able to show that we've raised, you know, over $30,000 for these two organizations over the course of the last few years um, shows that the fans are, are interested and invested in it too. And and, you know, in some ways, it's, it's such a fan, it's a fan driven thing. You know, you guys, your group has done all the work. And so um, in some ways, it's kind of fun that it's like off the books. And oh, totally. I mean, I wish they'd let us get in to be on the field. I mean, the players would probably enjoy, yeah. the, uh, you know, to be around it as well. But yeah, that would I be, mean, yeah, that would led, be it's so thing. unique that, it, that the fans are doing it themselves. And I mean, we're, there's the six, seven of us that are, are working on it kind of year round, but it's everybody that, that shares it and likes it and writes articles about it and everything like that too. So it, it would be cool to get it in the building for sure. But I think that's, that's pretty much the only shame right now is that the players can't celebrate with it when it's right, such a cool right. story. It's, they're all so corporate now, all the new ones that it's, right. this has like a, a, you know, little brown jug kind of origin story to it where it just kind of started and turned into a thing. And so hopefully, I mean, we're at the infancy of it here. Maybe in a hundred years, we won't even remember sure. all these little year-to-year -year stories. Yeah, well, I mean, we love your your trophy. Thanks. We think you guys are doing it the right way and building a grassroots support. It's to your point; these trophy games go on for centuries. So uh, yeah. you know, and it's so. nice back and forth too. I mean, a, a lot of these things are fairly one-sided between these rivalry schools, but we've been exchanging beatdowns the last three years. So it just seems like whoever the home team is curb stops the other team and then we go to the next school and, and get beat up too. So it's, it's kind of nice that there's some back and forth as well. So that's kind of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Well, keep up the good work. We'll keep promoting it. And uh, listeners, let's, uh, let's contribute to team Jack and uh, help the Huskers win the uh, chair trophy off the field this year. And then the team can win it on the field. Yeah. Thank you so much for the, uh, for the promotion. I really appreciate all you're doing. You bet. Take care. Thank you, Mary, and thanks to everybody at the $5 Bits of Broken Chair Trophy for all the great work you guys do uh, in the lead-up to this game, but also all off-season, and uh, really hoping we can get the best trophy in college football back. Man, it'd be wonderful. The, the best it. trophy in college football that is not officially recognized by either school. <laughs> yeah, what does it take? I don't know. Man, we got so close. You know, there's that photo of Mike Riley holding it. Just makes you wonder, like, if presented with the opportunity, how would Scott Frost react to, to somebody trying to hand him that chair? Yeah, well, know. you think about the way he handed the, handled the conflict trophy with Diaco. You know about that? No. When da Diaco was the head coach at Connecticut and Frost was the head coach at UCF, they I think that's the same conference, right? So they played every year. And Diaco, this is his first time as a head coach. He's excited. He says... I'm going to make a trophy. I will personally make it. And he comes up with conflict, which has FL in it for Florida and CT at the end for Connecticut. Got it. So it's a conflict trophy and it's going to go to the winner. And so they, I think they win the first year. And so they keep it. 
And then the second year, it's at Connecticut, at UConn, and UCF wins, and and Florida just UCF Frost just leaves it on the bench <laughs> on the sideline. They just don't even take it. That's so funny. And uh, and Frost was like, I mean, you know, every game's big. Like we don't need another trophy game. And then Yaku <laughs> burnt the ground. He was so furious. And then he's, I think, a year later, he made a big stink about how he's like buried that memory. And oh well. So all that to say, if someone handed him the five dollar bits of broken cheer trophy without him knowing anything about it, like. We need to have like Andy Hoffman hand it to him, or Jack or Rex Burkett maybe. Say this is important. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I I kind of understand why maybe at some point the the school might not want to recognize it, but man, it is just they have turned it into such a positive thing. I love it. I hope it doesn't go away ever. <laughs> You're here. I hope we win it back and it doesn't go away ever. Yeah. Folks, I know what you're thinking. There's so many things to buy right now, but perhaps on the top of your list is a new home. (laughs) (laughs) For real, folks, I think a lot of people get the idea that, you know, real estate slows down uh, in the winter months and they think that you can't get any good deals, but that is not true, my friends. So if you are in a state where you're thinking about buying or selling a new home, especially if you're in the Lincoln area, uh, we want you to reach out to Monty Rohde. He's the guy that we commend to you. He's a good guy. Uh, you can go back a few episodes. We had a nice conversation with him earlier in this season. When I say season, I mean podcast season. Our season starts in January um, <laughs> or February. I don't really remember, but this is like, seriously, folks, this is like episode like 40. Oh, no, it's 36 of uh, our season, our podcast season. So um, we're nothing if not prolific here on the podcast. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we talk uh, what we do. <laughs> long story short, we want to point you to Monty Rohde. You can call him at 402-770-3356, or you always have the option of sending him an email, and that's monty.rohde uh, at prglincoln.com, and that's spelled M-O-N-T-Y period R-O-H-D-E at prglincoln.com. And while you're preparing for the holidays, don't forget to go to cnbuffalo.com and check out some of the latest deals. As an added incentive to grab some some buffalo meat, some bison meat, if you grab a hat, which I have modeled on the show, I guess it's a podcast so nobody actually knows what that looks like. I saw it. Uh, I saw it. Sh- shipping will be free. So that's that's a good deal. Uh, it's uh, Get it while you can. That's a great deal. Dude, I uh, a couple weeks ago, I bought something from Walmart and... Uh, it was like five dollars short of free shipping, oh. um, and, and shipping was going to cost like five or six bucks. So, so you had to buy something for five I, bucks. I bought a five dollar Blu-ray of Top Gun because <laughs> I've never seen Top Gun. So I figure, why not? You know, it's basically like I got to pay for shipping. I might as well get a free movie out of the deal. So everything, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the that's way I looked at it. Like- yeah, I mean, I thought about even like emailing walmart i was like if you guys just gave me free shipping you wouldn't have had to give me a dvd you know or blu-ray whatever <laughs> you actually have a blu-ray player yeah i feel like i don't know anybody who actually well, i guess i didn't know until now anybody but you really how do you watch movies are you just still watching dvds dvds are i stream oh well sure but, but see that's my thing is like i I will buy Blu-rays, especially if they're on sale, like that five bucks to own Top Gun because I get it on Blu-ray, but then I also have a digital code for it. Well, that is the good thing to just know you can watch something whenever you want. Yeah. Anyway, man, we are, we just, 
like we always do this, Justin. <laughs> it's the end of the episode. We start talking about random crap. Oh, hey, you should uh, you should go to Central Nebraska Buffalo's Facebook page. They've got some pretty sweet pictures of they worked the buffalo the other day. Okay, and um, there's some really great shots. These are these are big, intense animals. <laughs> these yes. are not these are not your domestic cow. I mean, yikes. <laughs> It's intense. Have you seen that video of the uh, the field reporter who felt like the bison were getting too close to him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was standing outside the north entrance to Yellowstone, and um, my brother actually lived near there for a summer, so I knew the spot well, and uh, that was the correct response. If there's a buffalo <laughs> coming towards you, get out of the way. Yeah. Don't go closer yeah. and take a picture. They'll kill you. And speaking of killing, maybe we should kill this episode. <laughs> Put it out of its misery. Oh, boy. All right. Good luck editing this one. Yeah, it'll be fun. Hey, go Big Red. Let's get a win streak going. Yeah, go Big Red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.